Praise God. You know, we're uh, excited about this year. You managed to uh, find your way uh, through the fog this morning. You managed to uh, work out where you were. Why is that? Because you have a sense of where you are and the surroundings, don't you? So even though you can't completely see, you have a sense of what's going on, don't you? A sense of the roads. You know where you are, hopefully, and uh, presumably that, that uh, wasn't unusual to be there. And, uh, you know, as we're getting started, this is the uh, first of this year's uh, sermons, series. And, uh, you know, we really just had a, a, a word for the year. So if you're ready to hook up with that word, can I just say to you that there's going to be healing today. There's going to be, uh, there's going to be people's joints get healed today. That's what I just really felt, you know, as God was just saying uh, this morning, that uh, as, as, we, as we went for things today, uh, that one of the things that God was going to actually do was heal joints, connections. So whether it's knees, hips, wrists, you know, if you've got problems with your hands or your elbow, you know, the, the, these are uh, mechanisms where the load on them, the things we do, can bring strain upon our body. Okay? So God is going to bring a healing release this morning as I speak and minister. So you just lay hold, not just of the word that I'm bringing, but actually of what God's doing here. Okay? Are you ready for that? Yes. Oh, are you ready that God's going to impart and release healing just because we're here? So you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So as we're here and we're going, okay, I'm not just looking at Pastor Alan. I'm looking at God. What are you about to do so that I can actually get hold of what you're saying and doing? Praise God. How exciting. So, okay. So this is the first teaching series, Make It Play. So let, Father, we open our hearts to your word. That you will make things plain to us. That you will inscribe on our hearts, even as you promised the, that you would write the law on our hearts. Father, I thank you that you're writing your heartbeat, so to speak, on our hearts. The things that you value, the things that you have in mind, the things that you see, you're inscribing, you're uh, imprinting them on our hearts today. And we just say, here's my heart Lord it's open, it's yours please write on it set into my heart the things that you want to do today and for this year and for the years ahead Father, I, I, I don't want to rest on the things that you've done in the past I want to lay hold of what you're doing going forward and I praise you for that Father I bless you and Father I'm excited about what you're wanting to say Amen. So, you know, it's interesting as we uh, look at these words, make it plain, 
Uh, Walt Disney uh, made a really interesting statement. He said, if you can dream it, you can do it. You know, we, we, we know so many of the Disney films, uh, they're concentrated on the concept of seeing the impossible and then trying to achieve that goal, aren't they? That's a lot of the Disney films. If you were to summarize up Disney films, actually, it's seeing something that looks impossible and getting hold of it as a reality. And if you, uh, also, there's a, another person that uh, we read about. Uh, how many of you have read Gulliver's Travels? Mm. Gulliver's Travels, for some of us, it's a well-known book. It's, uh, you know, where he goes into the giant land, uh, and uh, he's tiny, and then he goes into the uh, tiny land, and he's the giant. Uh, but most of us don't actually know the rest of the story. We only know those two parts of it. That's about half the book. There's a whole pile of other stuff in there. Uh, but Jonathan Swift, the guy who wrote it, uh, was a satirist. He, he, he wrote into the time and the season in which he was. He, he wrote as a minister of the gospel who was an MP who was writing into a time of corruption. And he wrote about the yahoos. Oh, did you know? that Yahoo, the company, one of the reasons for that name Yahoo is because they were describing themselves as ignorant, base, and scrabbling around trying to find stones that were precious in the mud. That's one of the reasons, if you actually look on uh, Wikipedia, that it talks about Yahoo. Because the Yahoos were sort of human people and, uh, but they had a base mindset. They, they, they were uh, not knowledgeable and weren't bothered about that as long as they could get hold of treasures. Interesting. Why would you name yourself after that? Other than that you kind of think somewhere out in that mud there, there's some stones to find that might be precious. So Yahoo, the, the internet search provider, so that's what it's doing. But the Bible, says some even more succinct things. It says, where there's no vision, people perish. That's Proverbs 29, 18. Or if you look in the King James and the NIV, it says they, they, where there's no revelation, they cast off restraint. There's, uh, or it says in, in the message, it says they stumble over themselves. Or if you look at the New Living Translation, they run wild. They run wild. There's something about vision that clarifies, determines, and sets in place things. And uh, if I actually in Habakkuk 2, it's a verse of scripture that you, if you've been around church for any length of time, you'll have heard it quoted. But if you're new to church, then uh, this is a key scripture to write down for your life. Because where there is no vision or revelation, where there is no re revelation, well, this is what it says to do with revelation. This is what the Lord says. Write down. Yeah. Write down the revelation, the, the vision. Write it down on tablets. Write down plain. Make it plain on tablets so the herald may run with it. Write it down it is, is about putting 
something you see into words that someone else is able to interpret and see the same thing that you're seeing, even though that happened a while ago. You know, nowadays we take photographs. But the photograph is, it doesn't, you see a person, but unless you explain that photograph, unless you say who those people are, if I showed you a photograph of the wedding, you'll recognize uh, Abby and Chris, and, 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 and you'll recognize Claire and myself, and one or two others, but you won't know who the rest are. What was so important about this person? What was so important about what they were there for, or what they were doing, or achieving, or why were they even there in the first place? So when we write down vision, we are writing down something to describe, make it understandable to someone who doesn't have any concept of what you're talking about. Yeah? So often in church, it's very easy for us, or with our own friends, or even in a workplace, to talk jargon. You know, where you have these acronyms. If I say MASH, and anyone that was a few years old knows it's a TV program, anyone that's involved in the army or uh, in uh, medicine knows it's a mobile uh, army hospital unit. Or whatever the correct phrase, you know. But they know what it is. But if you have no concept of that, an, an acronym means nothing to you, does it? We, we, we laugh at people with their texts, LOL. Uh, lots of love. No, it's not. It's laugh out loud. And so used inappropriately, you convey the wrong thing, thinking that you're being funny. Lots of love. Your, your husband died. What? Why is that funny? That's, you know, just... You wouldn't say laugh out loud. Your husband's died. It just doesn't make sense, does it? So when we say something, we're turning a vision, we're turning sight into words that actually can be written, repeated, and uh, that others are able to look at and read. And, uh, you know, when we say this, it says, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the message. Or, or the NLT says, read the correct message. In other words, what you actually are trying to communicate, not what you think you're communicating. Because when we say something, other people, they filter it through their experience, their training, their beliefs, their cultures. So it used to, I used to offer Pastor Matthew Fino uh, when they were here, I'd offer him a lift home and, and Matthew would go, oh no, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I want to go, I, I'm, I'm ready to go. Actually, if I asked him three times, he always said yes, because his culture was always to say no twice. But it took me ages to discover that. I took, okay, he wants to walk, he wants to run, because he's a fitness fan and all the rest of it. No, he was just being polite. So I asked a direct question, I got an indirect answer that made no sense to me. Or rather, it made sense to me, but it wasn't what he meant. 
Do you understand what I'm saying here? So when we're writing down these things, we're writing down the vision to make it plain so that we can run with it. That actually, when we're expressing vision, it's writing down what we see, in, it says in the message, in big block letters, so it can be read on the run. So we're not kind of, you know, reading it, oh, hang on a minute, I've got to go back to the notes. Reading a bit, trying to say a bit. Oh, hang on a minute, oh, I can't remember where I am in my notes. When we have someone that's they're stuck like this with their head down trying to read the notes of their sermon, somehow it doesn't affect our hearts, does it? In the same way, usually. But when someone's looking at us and they're expressing what they're carrying in their hearts, it seems so easy. The greatest salesman, given a rubbish product, can't sell it very well. If he doesn't believe in the product, it's hard to sell. A rubbish salesman, given a product he understands and believes is the most wonderful thing, suddenly becomes a great salesman. It really is, isn't it? You're only as good as the product you're trying to sell. No matter what your best abilities, you can't sell rubbish. Now some fudge and nitplate and all the rest of it and do seem to somehow get sales. But we want to let people understand the fantastic product we have. Because make no mistakes, you and I are salesmen. We, we are witnesses of what God's done, is doing, and is going to do. Isn't that exciting? So we have a clear, easy to carry message. The person carrying the message can read it easily, and the people to whom it's carried can read it easy. So as we understand that, we end up, we realize we have a vision statement, we have a mission statement. And a lot of people, they, they get these two kind of confused. Companies like Coca-Cola, Starbucks, if you go into their websites, you can see their mission, their vision, and their values, their priorities, the things that are in their hearts. They, they make it plain. They, they want everybody to drink their product. We, likewise, we have a, a mission statement. Our purpose expressed to the world. The mission statement is for the world. The vision statement is how we look as the church. And that leads us to our priorities, our key tasks, our events. And that in itself leads us to actually go, so who are we? What are we? What do we carry? What do we believe? How do we express that life that we carry? That's what our values are. And, uh, you know, so we've been really looking at this vision over the last few years. Uh, each year we've had a different vision each year that's been a part of the greater vision. And uh, we've really uh, been talking about this because we've really had a sense that uh, even though we've run with our vision, you see, our current vision for World Harvest Bible Church is our name. But if you express that to someone in the world, they just go, huh? What does that mean? Now, that's kind of good, because it gives us a reason to express it. But most of them just go, all right. Most of them don't ask questions. Whereas our vision statement, or our mission statement, actually, because it's to the world, is, is carrying it. So how many of you, um, oh, I've just put it up. 
I was going to say, how many of you remember the four Fs? But it's right there behind me. The world is our field, harvest is our function, the Bible's our foundation, and church is our family. But how many of you can remember the mission statement? How many of you have done partnership, accelerate, or whatever we called it across the years? How many in this church have done partnership at some stage? Oh, really? Only that many? Who's not done? Right, let's do it the other way around. Who's not done partnership? Oh, okay. You need to talk to Karen after the service because God wants to do some stuff with you that's going to take you to a new level. You see, partnership's about hooking with the church and seeing how your graces and giftings can be imparted to the church and the church's gift and graces be imparted to you. So there's a two-way flow, not, uh, not just consumers, but actually uh, we are participators in the house. That's what partnership or Accelerate's about. So So what we understand, most of us probably can't remember the four C's of the mission statement. Mm. I had to write it down because I keep forgetting parts of it. So uh, the WHBC exists, this is our mission statement that we're saying to the world. WHBC exists to reach this global generation with the uncompromising word of God, confirmed mightily by the power of the Holy Spirit, establishing believers in God's character and releasing them to their calling. Whoa, that's jargon. It's right, and we're never going to let go of this, but it needs a fresh expression that's going to take us as a church forward. And so we've got a new vision statement, mission statement. We exist so people encounter Jesus. This is our mission statement. This is what we are expressing to the world. We exist so people encounter Jesus. It's a, it's a, it's a big, bold statement there, but it's real simple. You see, what I want is a mission statement that our kids can carry and express and understand as well as adults. You see, if our children can express it, then they are able to carry it. He who runs should be able to read it, and he who receives it should be able to understand it. There's two parts to this. And so that's what we're saying. So we exist. That's interesting. We exist. What a statement. What it means is I have a reason for being here. Do you know that's the greatest thing in most people's lives? They don't know why I'm here. They do not understand what am I here on the earth and then because of that they get into all kinds of stuff. They search all over the world trying to find what cannot satisfy because they've not understood that there's a reason for them being here on the earth. We don't just survive the earth. We have a reason for being here. We have a reason for being here. We have a reason for existing. My life is given purpose by what I'm about to say next. See, that's what I exist means. It means there's something I'm about to say that's so important. It's the very reason I exist. 
It defines and gives uh, sight, direction, and purpose to the whole of my life. Wow. That's, when we say I exist, I don't exist to go to work. I don't exist to raise kids. I don't exist to just have a good relationship with Claire. I don't exist to be the pastor of this church. I exist for something more than all those things. And those are the things of how I work out the reason that I exist. Because what I'm about to say next is so critical to me and to everyone around me that if I carry it like this, it, it defines me and people can see clearly what I am and what I carry. See, a herald would be dressed uh, historically in the uniform or certain robes. The town crier actually wore certain things and had a bell and cried out. And people came to hear the news, the declarations from the king. They, they carried the warrant that meant that what they said carried something of authority into the town, the city, the, the region. That's what a herald is. A herald is not just someone who's got a good idea. A herald is someone who has authority to speak on behalf of the king. Wow. You and I have authority to speak on behalf of the king. But it's, it goes further. It says in that uh, statement we said, we exist so that people encounter. Well, Maybe just step back a bit. The, the slide I missed was people. You see, it's about what I carry. It's both a statement to the Christians and the non-Christians. You see, our mission statement is for the whole world. Not just the Christian world. Not just the non-Christian world. But everyone. It is a bold, brave statement about God's plan for you me and the people around us. It's about people. It's people focused. It's, it's critical. It's not just certain selects, but it's everyone, religious, atheist, young, old, friend or enemy. It's everyone. It's inclusive. People. And then it's encounter. You see, this is the, it's our unusual word, encounter. And uh, as we were looking at this, I, I've had some interesting uh, uh, comments as we looked up in the dictionary. What does the word encounter mean? It means a chance meeting, an unplanned for or unexpected meeting. So we want people to have a chance encounter with God. No, 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 no. Okay. It means... When people meet you, whether they plan it or don't, they're going to have a meeting with someone else that they don't know about, don't plan, hadn't reckoned on, hadn't considered even possible. Because, wow, you're not ordinary. You're a supernatural being. You are God's spokesman on the earth. You're the herald of God. You are the person who carries something that actually is going to change lives and is going to bring a face-to-face -face conflict between them and God. Wow. 
You see, what, what a herald does is, here's the king. Wow. The herald announces the presence of the king. Announces the king's decree. Announces what will be. Wow. It's not insignificant. It's, wow, boom. Here's the reality. Though you met me, but behind me, right beside me, and actually in me, is the king. Whoa, starting to, this is starting to unnerve a little bit, a few people. So why should we be surprised when some people react with hostility? Oh my goodness, the king. I didn't vote for the king. I don't want the king. I'm not into royalty. I want democracy. In fact, actually, I want it my way. And I don't really believe in men being on the throne. I actually want women on the throne. Or actually, I want me on the throne, to be honest. I don't know when no one's telling me what I'm doing. Oh. That's the reality in most people's lives. When they have that encounter with God, there's a confrontation between my will and the Father's will, God's will. But you see, there, there's a convergence as well. These, these, these words, that's why I pulled them out. You see, a convergence means two flows coming together and joining as one. That's what a convergence means. So when people encounter Jesus, there's going to be a convergence in their life that takes them in the flow of God. Wow. You see, it's not just, uh, you see, in the, in, in the past, we, 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 we want to make Jesus known to people. But I want to go a whole stage further. I want them to meet Jesus. I can express, I can describe my Jesus, I can talk to him about him, I can explain him, but so much easier to introduce him, particularly when he's right here. And that really brings me on to this last part of that phrase, it's Jesus. We're not bringing him to God, we're not bringing him to the Father, we're not bringing him to the Holy Spirit, we're bringing him to Jesus, because Jesus made it really clear and plain. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. These are absolutes. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Not through Buddha, Muhammad, uh, searching your navel, uh, sacrificing to uh, living beings or stones or whatever other kind of ism there is. It's very clear. I am the way, the truth, the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. It, it, this is what it says in, in John 14. And in fact, it actually goes on even further. It, it says, it, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. That is a bold statement. That we're saying, when people encounter you and me, they see God. Hello? You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. That's what Jesus told us. So we're writing this plain in our mission statement. What we're saying to the world, this uncompromising word of God, expressed through confirmation of the Holy Spirit, is producing the character of God 
so that we understand the calling of God. Well, this is clear. You and I are called. You and I have a straightforward choice. Is Jesus Lord of our lives or are we running our lives? Because either we exist for this purpose or we're not really Christians. That's, that's what the vision, no, sorry, the mission statement, it puts flat bang in the middle of our eyes. What is it that you're living according to? What is it that you're seeing? What is it that you're expressing that sees the world able to, or makes the world able to see clearly and read? What can they read on your heart? What can they read in your reactions? You see, that's what it says. You see, encounter is, it might be casual, but it focuses on the reality that actually very few people genuinely expect to meet God when they meet us. Your neighbours and friends, they're too used to you. Well, they're not used to you expressing the word of God. They're not used to you appearing and transforming their houses because you bring the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Peace, into their homes with you. Because if we're not aware of what he's saying, we'll take the wrong words in, we'll take our ideas, we'll take our plans in, we'll take our commands in. When God is speaking something really clear, you see, this is what it says, when we, we don't preach any old thing, we preach Jesus, a stumbling block to the Jews, the religious, and foolishness to the non-Jews, the intellects. It doesn't make sense. How can we preach Jesus? Don't we want God? It's, don't all roads lead to God? And the word is fundamentally, absolutely, categorically, no. All have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. And deserve not just judgment, but they don't just deserve it. They're already under judgment, in destruction, and there's no hope unless someone goes and teaches and preaches and explains. This is the fundamental truth. Every baby born since Abraham, uh, Adam will die and go to hell unless redeemed. Israel had to redeem the firstborn of every family in order that the rest could be. And circumcision was the entry point. If they didn't, that baby was doomed to total destruction. Not because of what the baby had done, but because of the total inherent sin nature of mankind. That made us completely, inexcusably, and exhaustibly alien to God. And the only thing that makes us have any chance of opportunity or hope is Christ. Wow. That is, we, we think, but there's a baby, it's so innocent. You never have to teach that baby to say no, only to say yes. You never have to teach that baby uh, to, share, uh, to uh, be selfish, only to share. You never have to teach. It's, its nature is expressed from its first days without learning anything because the sin nature corrupts, corrodes, and makes us unacceptable. That's why even Israel, the first sacrifice uh, was the sin offering, recognized, I am a sinner. The first sacrifice that God instilled was, here you've got this covenant and you've lost it, you've blown it. 
but those who are outside the covenant have no hope and have not God in this world. That's what Ephesians tells us. That's, wow! That's the responsibility we carry. That if people do not understand what we're at, we will give them a partial truth, a placebo, that actually doesn't heal them. But that actually is when we recognize I exist so people encounter Jesus. I will live with that ready. Someone's going to encounter Jesus today. Someone's encountering Jesus already because your, your hand's receiving healing now. There's something going on. There's a release going on in your wrist. That's God, not me. You see, I'm here. Jesus is right here too. There's something powerful going on. You see, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. In fact, Hebrews actually goes further. It says he sustains all things by the word of his power. His power is expressed in his word. That's that, that's unusual. That's going beyond us just having some nice words. When I speak, the word that Jesus gives me, the whole of heaven is behind it, and in front of the word, preparing it, and touching and resting on the heart of the person who's receiving that word. If they just open a little bit, Holy Spirit's in, boom to work it onto their hearts and to bring it back to mind and to help them in the revelation. Wow. When we say, I'm anointed, we're not going, do you know what, I'm anointed. <laughs> Here we go. Here's a good sermon today. Now, what we're actually saying is, I'm anointed. There's an easy flow of the Holy Spirit through me and out. There's no sticking points in my life that stop that word going through me to others. Oil is the anointing, means an easy flow. The word flows easily. So we've got an updated mission statement. So of course there's going to be an updated vision statement. But that's next week. Let's just stand to our feet. Because I really believe we need to ex- let God work on our hearts imprint this on our hearts this is about making things plain easily expressible digested by us understood by children I exist so that people encounter Jesus. Just just say that in your heart. Just say that on your lips. Just I exist. So people encounter Jesus. I exist. So people encounter Jesus. I exist. So people encounter Jesus. He's not a way. He's the way.
Maybe you don't know him as your Lord and Savior. You've heard about him. You even believe, yeah, Jesus, he was around. He was a great guy. He was amazing. He did some great things. But to actually say he's the way, the truth, the life. And no one approaches God, the Father. I've never, I've never heard that. I've never understood that before. Well, here today, God is just laying a direct challenge that actually is not a challenge so much as an invitation. There's an open door in front of you that God's set. And he says, in there, I'm there. If anyone comes through the door to the sheepfold, they have to come through the right door. There's only one right door. Anything else is a liar and a thief. But Jesus is the gate for the sheepfold. If you want to enter into that relationship with God this morning, just pray with me now. And all the rest of us, let's just rededicate our lives to the Lord. And pray with me, Lord Jesus, I open my life to you today. I've heard your word. And though I don't fully understand it, I believe it. Jesus, today, I declare you are the way, the truth, and the life. And I put my trust in you, in your life, in your death, in your resurrection, and in your ascension to heaven. I believe you died for me to give me your life. And so today I give you my life. I want to exist so people encounter Jesus. I want to live for you today, Jesus. I want to let you live in me. And so I give myself, even as I expect you to give me yourself. Because that's your promise. And I hold your promise by faith. Even though I don't understand what it means totally, I see the vision living with you in all you have for me a life with purpose a life with destiny a life that's going to affect others and a life that's going to leave a mark on everyone around me and so I say be the Lord of my life as well as my saviour and I dedicate you to me, myself to you today. And I dedicate myself to you today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Just while people's eyes are closed, if you just prayed that for the first time, why don't you just put your hands up? Because I know that there's people that you need to take that step. Or maybe you've given your life to the Lord, but actually there's a that you've just actually rededicated your life. You're actually going, Lord, I know I haven't been living with that sole purpose, that prime purpose, 
of living for you. You need to put your hand up and just go, Lord, everyone's eyes closed. Just, you need to rededicate yourself to the Lord. To let Jesus take charge. Thank you. Yeah. I see those. Yeah, that's right. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just pray that you'll make yourself very real. Very real. That, Father, that decision, that invitation is to a banquet, a life living with you. A life making you known. As a heavenly Father, take hold of each one of our hearts. Take hold of our hearts this week. Take hold of our hearts this year. That's what we're praying, Lord, this year.